Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It is Tuesday, October 10th. We are the Take for Take podcast. Gage, Trent, how we doing? What it do, baby? Austin Gage, what's up, fellas? We got a great week of weekend of football. I need a little more enthusiasm out of you, Trent. Just a little bit. Oh, I'm building up, man. I'm building up. I had a long day. Um, went to the gym, so it's kind of late here, too. Recording a little late. Gage had, was fucking around with the camera. 15 oh. minutes, so. <laughs> yeah, that's my fault. Sorry, you couldn't, you're the only one that couldn't see or hear me. <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll get the energy going. Don't worry. But yeah, we're a little later start than usual, but uh, we're here. We're ready to get this thing done. Um, we're going to recap the weekend. A uh, bunch of good college ball. Actually, a bunch of good football Saturday and Sunday. Um, we'll run through a handful of these college games. We'll run through this NFL slate. We got a take for or take of the week coming up at the end. Trends, power rankings. We got a, we got a lot of fun stuff. So let's not waste any time. Let's jump into our bets last weekend. Um, Trent, not uh, another losing weekend. I, I hate to to keep harping on it, but we need we need to find something or do something to to turn this mojo around. Another two and four weekend. Not great. Yeah, some, some part of me believes that you actually don't hate to do it. Um, <laughs> but I guess we'll just leave that there. But you said it, man. Another two and four week. And the, and the shitty part about it is I was believing it was a three and three week until about five minutes ago when you texted me and said I went two and four. Um, I thought I had the Texans plus two and a half. But I had them plus one and a half. I ended up losing by two. So that's great. But, um, yeah, I mean, my winners, UCLA, Washington State, under 16.5. The game played out like I thought it would, well under that total. Uh, Iowa State plus 6.5 against fraudulent TCU. It won outright. Um, and then Clemson minus 20.5. I I will be honest, I did not watch this football game. What the fuck happened to Clemson? Dude, they just... Can you guys answer that for I didn't watch any of this game. I, I, I so I have nothing. But I'll. I, they're just not it. They suck, dude. Yeah, but how do you? How many points did they end with in this game? It was seventeen to twelve. Are you shitting me? <laughs> seventeen to you twelve. Seventeen points against Wake Forest at home. Yeah, they were up seven to three at half, and they got outscored thirteen. Or no, no, I'm sorry. They they won ten to nine in the second half. But yeah, I mean, Club Nick only had 131 yards. I mean, they ran for 200 yards. But the they just is, like Clemson hasn't been. It's not like they've been struggling to move the ball and, and get yards. It's it's more so like turnovers that have killed them. Just to have a an uninspiring effort like that at home. This is how they, I thought they'd play the week prior when Gage you were on them against Syracuse. So just a week week early on their um total flat performance but whatever it wasn't close to hitting um and then like i said i lost the texans plus one and a half to lose by two rams plus four and a half uh you know i still think that might have been the right side I swear to god man the rams never had the football in that game i was watching red zone i was following the game every time they cut to red zone the eagles would have the ball on like a nine minute drive some stupid brotherly shove shit, um, which I'm so sick of. You don't like it? And, uh, yeah, that, that sucked. That that loss sucked. But my worst loss 
beat Texas A&M plus two and a half. Jimbo Fisher is so incompetent, and that's the worst contract in college football now that Mel Tucker... Speaking of Mel Tucker, they... I don't want to get... Like, Texas A&M should try to... To try to learn a couple things from Michigan State, and maybe you frame, maybe you frame Jimbo and get, get out of that contract. Chill, chill, chill. I'm not saying Mel Tucker was framed or set up or anything, but I'm just saying like, think outside the box when you when your buyout is a million dollars for a scrub like Jimbo Fisher. But I mean, punt, you punt on your what your own or the Alabama like forty one, I think it was. 17 you punt the ball there on fourth and one what are you doing jimbo um and then uh, do you guys catch the end of that game where a&m goes in they score at the two they said he stepped out i wasn't sure he stepped out but again they said they they said he stepped out at the two and then they get like a sack and they end up getting down to like the one yard line and then jimbo kicks the field goal yeah like the one yard line yeah, I did see that. That was weird. It was weird. You could have, and he he wasted like fifty seconds where he could have kicked the field goal way before when they're at like the fifteen, and then went for the onside kick. But no, he 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 out of the one, and then he decides let me kick the field goal now, which of course fucked me three different ways. So yeah, uh, two and four, not good. So I was in a bad mood to start the pod, but. <laughs> It's a, it's a long season. I'm going to keep saying it, man. I'm going to keep saying it. We're going to bounce back, all right? Age always say it's not a marathon. Or it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So You're, you're going to be – the green is uh, in the near future, Trent. I can just I – can, I can see it for you. It's going to take a – it's going to – there's going to be like a 5-1, and 6-0 and weekend, and you're going to be right back in it. So keep keep your head high, young buck. You'll be all right. Uh, Gagers. Gagers, 500, 3-3 three three on his picks. Um, two of them, two L's in the Kentucky game. Gage, um, yeah, you. Had, I mean, the college ball kind of fucked you a little bit. But run through your picks here, bro. Um, yeah, first pick. We'll, we'll stick on that that subject of Kentucky and the absolute disastrous performance that they put out on the field against Georgia. Um, I still believe it was the right side. Clearly, it was not. Um, that Ray Davis was going to do more Ray Davis things, even though that Georgia front is pretty, pretty, um, pretty stout. I thought he was going to get his, but he definitely didn't only rush for, uh, 59 yards on 15 attempts. Um, so yeah, they, I had them plus 14 and a half and the under. Um, so Georgia covered the over by themselves and <laughs> they lost by, what is that? 51 to 13. They lost by 38. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll move on from that. Not, not my best performance on that pick. Um, LSU Missouri smashed the over at sixty four and a half. They finished fifty nine to forty nine or thirty nine to forty nine. Sorry. Um, again, way north of a thousand yards total offense. Um, I also had a little tease that wasn't my one of my official plays, but where I had Missouri plus seven and a half in the over tease down a little bit, and that pick oh. six. Brady Cook there with under 30 seconds left kind of just really put a knife into my heart. Um, 
So yeah, that was a nice little win for the over. Moving on to Rutgers plus fourteen, that was um, that was a sweat. They were they were down more than fourteen for most of the game. Um, got a few key stops down the end, down the stretch, and uh, put some points on the board to give me a little backdoor cover. So that was nice. Um, and then moving on to the NFL, no, 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 I have one. Don't don't don't, don't, yeah. run, don't run over Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. Let's see. They fucked me now. What? Twice in a row? Yeah, and that's uh, the last time they're going to do that. So, frauds. Them, yeah, absolute frauds. Not only did they uh, not cover the, the six, they lost. And I saw this this clip of a, an analysis, analysis saying um, that that spread was that spread was for the wrong team. And looking back on it, you can definitely make the case that that was the that was the wrong play. And that was Louisville's Super Bowl, um, a Saturday night primetime game, undefeated team, finally ranked. Um, I should have I should have seen all the signs tell me that that Notre Dame was not to play, but we'll bounce back. Notre Dame, I hope they get hornswoggled next week against USC, so that'll be fun. Um, and then yeah, moving on, last pick in the NFL, sweat free under Ravens uh, Steelers under thirty eight and a half, finished seventeen to ten. So. Not the best weekend, but we're not we're not in the negative, so that's always a, a good thing when you're not losing. But yeah, Austin, what did, how did you do this week? I was three two and one, um, clean sweep two and zero oh on the NFL picks, one two and one. <clears throat> excuse me, one two and one in the college ball. Um, I was on Missouri team total twenty nine and a half gauge touchdown a day, 39, 39 points themselves. So that was a, a pretty much a sweat free bet there. Um, I juiced Marshall up, um, original line was six and a half or six. I'm sorry. I juiced it up to seven. Thank God. Cause they lost by seven. Um, I was on their money line actually like not an official play, but I was on their money line and they were in the game for three and a half quarters. And then NC state just shit on them. So that was a push at plus seven. I was on Washington state plus three and a half. Um, they were winning most of that game, ended up losing that game by eight. UCLA is not that very, not that good. And this one, Texas. I had Texas minus five. So I got, I mean, no matter what you got them at, you would have lost, obviously. But I got them minus five early in the week, I believe, last Tuesday is what I got them. And I expected this line to go up, to be honest with you. Um. Yeah, yeah, it's just we'll talk about that. that. We'll talk about it here in a second, but that game was nuts. Yeah, it was best game of the weekend in my opinion. We'll get, like I said, we'll get into it here in a second. So I was on the complete wrong side of that. Um, I think the line ended at like two and a half or three and a half. Yeah, I got down there. But um, yeah, in the NFL, I was on Texans plus three. That was the first bet I placed. I played that last m- Monday actually. Got them at three. Thank God. And then I was on the Niners, minus three and a half, Sunday night football. Fucking throttled the Cowboys. So, in the green, three, two, and one. Uh, records, I am 2014 and two. Gage is now 19 and 17. And Trent, long season, brother. 13, 20, and three. So. Yeah, you're, I'm having you tweet that shit. I don't want to tweet that shit. So, that's you. <laughs> Fair enough. I want to tweet that embarrassing shit. Yeah, we got a, a pretty good, pretty good slate next weekend. So hopefully, uh, be a spot for you to uh, to get back at it. But let's run through a couple of these college games, guys. We just kind of, I just kind of teed it up, touched on it a little bit. Texas, 
minus five is what I got him at versus Oklahoma. Um, very. I mean, it was one. It was the best game of the day, in my personal opinion, outside of USC and Arizona. Um, Dylan Gabriel is a fucking dog. This Oklahoma defense is for real. I mean, I know Texas put up um, what's a, what's a thirty points in. Quinn Ears threw for 340 yards, but it looked like every time he dropped back to pass, he was kind of running for his life. Yeah, it was. Go ahead, Trent. Uh, I was just going to say, I think, I think I owe Brent Venables a uh, ology. Kind of trashed him on an episode a couple, couple weeks ago. It might have been our preview pod, actually. But he's done he's done great work this season and really turned that that program around based on how they were last year. Um, and you said it, Austin Dylan Gabriel is, you know, squarely in the Heisman race right now. Yeah, he is. Leader. He's he's currently and, sitting fourth right now. Yeah, I mean, he played a great game. He had one that was dropped, like an interception in the end zone. That was a bad throw, but. Really, other than that, man, like he was he was doing stuff with his legs. I had his over on passing yards, which he uh, hit on his final game-winning drive, that legacy drive for Dylan Gabriel. So um, Oklahoma was pretty impressive, and I thought Texas. I don't know, man. Like I, I just I can't quite get there with Quinn. He kind of just looks lackadaisical, and he's just too chill, man. Like he does everything too slow. He's too like at his own pace. And when he's heated up, really, you can tell, like, he really comfortable in the pocket. So, um, I mean, he had a terrible interception to start the game, and then he, another interception where he was high over the middle. It wasn't a terrible throw, but it didn't have to, had to jump near the goal line. It rocked, and the ball popped up. So I put that on Quinn Ewers as well. So I, I still think this game didn't really mean much in the grand scheme of things. These teams are most likely going to play again for the conference championship. And if Texas wins that, I can't not be in the playoff. So um, that is the saving grace if you're Texas. But, um, yeah, I think Oklahoma is definitely a challenger now for sure. I think the um, I think the turning point in that game was the fourth, um, the goal line stand that Oklahoma had. I think it was earlier in the game. It might have been third quarter. Yeah, it was um, pretty early on, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, first and goal from, from inside the one, and they stopped him all four times. So, yeah, that Brent Venable um, defense is – I don't want to call them legit because, I mean, they're just – there's not. But they're, they they did just enough to squeak by that game. But, I mean, Dylan Gabriel did more – I feel like did more with his feet than he did through the air that game. I mean, he ran for over 110 yards, um, just put the team on his back. So – it was a good game. I was on the wrong side of it as well, Austin. Um, I thought Texas had that in the in the bag after they kicked that really long field goal. Um, but then you look up at the clock and you left more than thirty seconds on the clock, and you knew Gabriel was going to go down and, and do what they do. So kind of a heartbreaking way to go out, but such a. I mean, that game lived up to all the hype they had all week, so I wasn't too mad about it. Yeah, um, I honestly didn't think it was enough time. I, I really didn't. Um, I know Oklahoma plays really, really fast offensively, but I mean they had to go seventy-five yards, no timeouts, and yeah, I mean I just, I mean I would have lost my bet regardless. But 
Yeah, I mean, you guys harped on him. I'm not, I don't. I don't want to harp on what you guys were saying. Dylan Gabriel is a stud. I mean, hundred over a hundred yards on the ground, um, and a touchdown. I just, you're right, Trent. This this Texas will be just fine. The winner of this, I mean, depending if Oklahoma wins out, that could be really interesting. Actually, now that I think about it, if Oklahoma wins out and Texas beats them in the, the Big Twelve championship, you're gonna have two one loss teams. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, but yeah, Texas will be just fine. Um, I don't. I think I think Texas Texas has the leg up in that advantage. They'll have a, a conference championship win, and then they would would have avenged their only loss of the season, plus putting yeah. on the road at Alabama. So, I really think this game doesn't. I, I it honestly doesn't really matter for Texas. The the only the only thing that matters for Texas now is they can't slip up before the championship game um which which i don't think so they will kind of, their schedule is no is cake. the schedule and oklahoma's schedule is is an absolute cake it really you guys is i've seen that yeah i'm looking at it right um, now I, I think we're gonna get a rematch here and the winner goes to the playoff could be interesting i'm excited to to do kind of our play our first playoff preview in a couple weeks but um yeah i expect both of these teams to kind of be in the mix um, let's move to, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's talk. Let's talk Ohio State right now. Ohio State, Maryland. Um, Ohio State wins thirty-seven seventeen. I tried to stay off um, Twitter and TikTok and all that fun stuff for a while, just to kind of let the let everybody mainstream media say what they wanted to say about Ohio State. But um, I got on today. Today being Monday, and people were still talking about how. Kyle McCord isn't him, you know, this running game, which is just, they're trying to find, they're trying to poke holes in this team. And my personal opinion is that, like, we haven't seen an Ohio State defense like this, right? We talk about it every single week or every time we talk about Ohio State. Their defense is going to win them football games. So we can afford offensively not to play our best. And, yes, the offensive line did look did not look great. Um, I'm pretty sure they averaged less than two yards per carry. As a team, um, yeah, 62 yards on the ground, uh, 33 attempts. Not great. Um, no or, uh, no Trayvon Henderson, so it was Chip Trainum and Mayan Williams most of the time. It just – everybody's so used to the Ohio State scoring 45 points and blowing team or uh, playing teams in these, like, high-scoring shootout kind of style mat, uh, games. But, like, this is a Maryland offense that was top 10 in the country in scoring, and they – Ohio State at home the seventeen points. Yeah, it was a close game the entire time, but like Yeah. This defense is for like real. This, yeah, I feel like this game was a lot closer than what the final score indicates. Um Ohio State was down most of the first half. They tied it up ten to ten and then Maryland had a complete meltdown there to with time management and everything to end the first half. I don't know if you got Yeah, they oh, Yeah, they a little pass amounts in the middle of the field so they they missed out on an opportunity to score some points and then from there on out it was i mean it was ohio state um just blowing them out the water second from, but they finally found i mean they you look at the trends with marvin harrison's numbers and they're finally understanding that this is the best player in college football get on the ball will be just fine um eight catches 160 yards and a touchdown so people are still optimistic and still kind of not sure if I'll say it's all the way there yet or anything, but I really, I really think they're going to be fine. I can't wait for the test against uh, Penn State here in a few weeks, though. 
Yeah, I, I said before in our in our college football preview that I trust this defense more than uh, more than the offense. That's kind of rang true uh, so far throughout the year. I mean, I'll leave my notes. The defense was good. Um, they're eliminating explosive plays. I mean, Maryland's a good team. Alia Tagovailoa is a really good quarterback, um, and Maryland's a really good offense. So I think that's where the the reaction and the you know the Ohio State meltdown that's where that kind of it fails to kind of grasp the idea that Maryland probably should have been ranked a really good team but I mean both things can be true at the same time um, the run game is an issue O line is an issue and Kyle McCord like I know his numbers at the end looked pretty good but. Was the was the worst game I've seen him play since in Indiana because wasn't seeing the field well, man. Like the the offensive line pass blocked pretty well. Like they he had a lot of time in the pocket and he was just completely battled, which is so odd to see that after the Notre Dame game where he like where he was like the complete opposite and like a stone cold killer on that last drive. Go get into his check down when there was no pass rush. Did you guys see the play where Marvin, uh, like their own 10, and they ran a, a deep post with Marvin? Al McCord was so late on the football. Yeah, you're talking Marvin about the, the long, like, 50-55-yarder, whatever it was, that he underthrew him on? He underthrew him. He was so late to throw that ball, and Marvin yeah. created so much separation that he was able just to sit there and wait for the ball for, like, five seconds to hit him, and he still <laughs> – the DB still couldn't catch up. Like any other QB, like if that's I was thinking about it, if that's CJ Stroud, that's a touchdown, ten times out of ten, ninety yard touchdown. So also had like an underthrow to, to Fleming when he was wide open for a touchdown. So yeah, I mean he got better as the game went on, but I don't know, man. Like I think there's still some real issues that they have to work out and they have to work them out quickly because it's coming and Penn State's a fucking force. So um, man. But uh, th- like you said, the silver lining, the optimism, the glass half full you know, is the defense. And if we had this defense last year, uh, I think like, Ohio State has a championship ring. So Yeah, I mean, I just – yeah, it is what it is. I mean, people are going to poke holes in Ohio State regardless of what they do, good or bad. Um, but, yeah, clean up the offensive line a little bit, um, get Travion Henderson back, um, and just run block. I mean, pass block. They, they, the line looks good. They just they need to run block better, and uh, because we got weapons in the backfield, and they just they need they need a little bit of space. But Ohio State would be just fine. Um, yeah, I mean you get what's it called Penn State in two weeks, or I'm sorry, next week. I believe Ohio State plays Purdue. Yeah, at Purdue this coming week should be a good spot against Hudson Card. But um, they'll be just fine, man. I mean, this I I, I trust this defense. Yeah, and keep taking shots downfield. Like good things happen, right, all the time. Like good things happen when you throw the ball downfield. Your point to Marvin Harrison. Um, that I mean, play action, go deep. I know he he likes to set up the the run and then set up the play action. But if all else fails, like they had that they had a long, uh, like a third or a second and like thirty or something, and he just threw a he just threw a go ball fade to uh, Marvin. Yeah, it's actually a beautiful throw. He dropped right in the bucket. Um, but like, it's either gonna be pi or a big catch. So they should just do that more at this point. 
Yeah, get the ball to 18. We say it, we say it every week. Get the ball to 18, and good things will happen. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be just fine. I'm excited to watch them play uh, Penn State in a couple weeks. But um, two more games on the college slate I want to run over real quick. First one, or yes, the first one being USC and Arizona. Um, we've talked all year, at least we have, about how bad this USC defense is and that they are susceptible to a team that can score a lot of points. And to be quite honest with you, they should have lost this game versus Arizona. Noah Nafita, the quarterback for Arizona, made a second career start. 25 to 35, 303 yards, five touchdowns. Um, and Jonah Coleman, dude, they're running back. I don't know if you guys watched any of that game. He's like 5'8, like 230 pounds or something. He just was running through everybody. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, we knew a game like this would happen where USC would be tested because of their defense. And I think this defense is going to fuck them in the long term. I think they lose. I mean, it's, it's one of my bigger takes of the week. But, like, I think they're going to lose a game or two because of this fucking defense. And they just – Caleb Williams did not look good passing the ball. Um, I know he had three touchdowns rushing. Uh, most of them are all – two of them were on the goal line. The other one was in overtime. But USC should have lost this game, man. And, I mean, they had – Arizona, in my opinion, had four chances to – or if there were four key moments in this game that Arizona lost the game, or that they let me just run through this real quick. Um, Arizona had two fourth and goals, which they ended up kicking field goals. Uh, the first one was first possession of the game, and they're on the two yard line, and then it ended up kicking a field goal. They run the ball there, score a touchdown, they win the game. Um, there was a roughing the passer call in the third quarter, which was very clearly a roughing the passer call. I mean. Williams threw the ball and then took about three steps and got fucking crushed. But it was on third and 12. Gave uh, USC automatic first down then ended up scoring a touchdown that drive. They would have kicked the field goal. Hindsight's 20-20. Arizona wins that game by one. And then in OT, I don't know if you guys watched overtime at all, USC scored first and they went up seven. So Arizona scored, tied it, and they kicked the extra point. In my opinion, you have nothing to lose, right? You're a, you're a huge underdog on the road. You're 500. Why not go for two? You, yeah, I mean, especially especially after getting another life. That's what I mean. Right, like, they should have won. The USC should have kicked a chip shot field goal to win, but they had a they botched a it on the uh, yeah on the field goal exchange. And Hysteric. I agree. I, I was watching that game, and I thought 100 percent that they were going to go go for the win as they should. But yeah, I mean USC. That we know their defense is fucking terrible. Um, and watching this game kind of really exploited that. And Caleb Williams, he, he had to do it all. I mean, he, like you said, Austin, he was not good passing the ball. I mean, ran for three touchdowns. So it was a lot of, uh, I wanted to ask you guys, like, you take Caleb Williams off this USC team. They're not good. Do they have a winning record in the, in the Pac-12? No. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a good team. And They're not. It really isn't. And, and I, I honestly didn't give it enough. I was I was pretty adamant of planting my flag on, like, defense isn't, is unserious. They're not going to do anything. But it's worse than I thought. I mean, Arizona outgained them by 150 yards, won this football game. Yeah. Um, I mean, Caleb Williams is, he's literally the whole team. 
at this point. So they are not a serious contender. I wouldn't be surprised. Underdogs this week to Notre Dame. Uh, let's let, let me let me pull up this line because I would not doubt that. <clears throat> Excuse me, I would not doubt that either, Trent. It's at USC, ain't it? No, it's 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 at uh, or Notre South Dame. Dame. Yeah, they. Yeah, I know they're underdogs. Oh, they are underdogs. Let's let me, let's pull it up real quick. They are, yeah. Notre Dame's favored by two and a half at home. It's just, yeah, I mean, that defense is awful. They stink, bro. And I don't know who was calling the game. I forget who it was for ESPN. And people are gonna say I'm hating, and like I get it. You know, Caleb Williams is elite, right? I mean, he's arguably the best player in college football. But the dick riding that goes on for him is legitimately insane. Like I can't, like I cannot remember a player that gets this much. Like, I mean, the dude, like, I mean, he made he scrambled and he scored a touchdown, and he made the most basic juke move to get past a guy that was engaged in a block. Right, so like the guy wasn't going to tackle him anyway. He literally juked his guy that was blocking the defender and scored. And the, whoever it was was, oh my god. Caleb Williams, the only player in America that could make that. That's why he's. I'm like, dude, what are we fucking doing? Mm. And like, even my guy he's Gus, even my guy Gus, when they played Colorado, yeah, I mean, he made a, uh, that run, that throw on the run to his left. It was like a 25 yard oh, dart. No, that, like, no Gus Slander. I'm not. No Gus Slander. Bro, you're talking to the biggest Gus guy in the world. But, like, I just, I just don't get it, man. Like,. I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm nitpicking at this point, but it's like this this team the is not surprise, as good. They're not that good. Yeah, I think the biggest surprise is the fact that you were you were awake watching that game. I mean, that game ended at like one a.m. Yeah, so time. I watched the first the half. What are you doing? No, 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 no. I made I made it through the first half, and then I uh, I, I went to YouTube and watched the uh, it was like thirty five minute extended ver or uh, condensed version of the game, but. He's the Patrick Mahomes of college football, so every little thing that he does is going to be like, "Oh my God, how did he make that twelve-yard throw?" That's Holy what I mean, boy. bro. Like, like it's no, it is the glazing is crazy. It really is. It's ridiculous. It was the most basic it's... juke move, and he was like, "Oh my God, oh, the the only the player is... in college football." <laughs> you imagine like be getting so much more hype in glazing if he didn't play for USC because. Those games are so late, and being honest, like fucking, you know, if USC cares that much about their program at this point, um, and his team's not that good. If he was on like a top tier that played, you know, time slots like seven p.m.s and stuff, like Big Ten or SEC or something like that, it would be nuts. The the type yeah. of hype he would be getting. So, um, just consider consider that, Austin. It, it could be a hell of a lot worse, but. I know this is your take. That's your take, and I'm going to let you have that take. I just think you're wrong. I think Caleb Williams is going to be great. So, um, I guess we'll see. I, I'm, he's good. And, and I, like I said, he's one of the best players in college football. I'm not underestimating or undervaluing how good he is. Just the glazing is fucking ridiculous. And people are, because he won the Heisman and came back, are fucking expecting him to be Patrick Mahomes-esque. Like, so, I forget who it was. Somebody called him the best quarterback prospect. And since Mahomes, and I'm like, like what the f- like, what are we doing? I just I don't get that. Well, Mahomes wasn't even 
thought of as like a top prospect. No, that's what I mean. They're expected. They're 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 expecting him to come to, into the league and be in the next Patrick Mahomes, and that's just that's impossible. Whatever. We need to move on. I just there's a good chance they lose three games moving forward. Um, speaking of Notre Dame, Notre Dame hosts uh, USC this weekend. They went on the road, um, got fucking bullied by Louisville, 33-20 with final score. Um, I know you guys were on Notre Dame. I was on Louisville. I did not tell you guys. Or Gage was on Notre Dame. I wasn't, I wasn't on Notre Dame. Don't, don't put that on me. I, I had a rough <laughs> enough weekend, but you don't have to tell me I was on the team that already lost, that lost that I wasn't on. Yeah, Gage was on Notre Dame. I was on Louisville. I didn't say it because I just – I didn't want to cause any conflict. I was on on them getting six, and I was on their team total, 23 and a half. Um, they dominated this game. They exposed Sam Hartman, three picks, first three picks of the season. Um, the run game could not get anything going, only 44 yards on the ground, 37 of which came from the uh, freshman, Jeremiah Love. Um, Louisville dominated this game, man. Jeff Brom and the boys came to play. Yeah, I wish I could give give you some analysis on this game. I was at a, uh, a men themed birthday party. That's around cool, eight, man. so <laughs> I missed the game. Uh, I didn't really have anything to wear for the Mad Men themed. I mean, I just wore like a sports uh, coat, but I didn't have like a top hat or anything. So I'm bummed out about that. But I mean, I think it's underrated, and I'm sure this was a logic for you and why you played. Uh, Louisville, but like to play three straight emotional night games. Yeah, Notre Dame's going through, and then a fourth one. Um, it's it's odd. That's how their schedule was. That seems kind of um, unfair and and unjust. But yeah, I mean, it's the more I thought about that game, like this is Louisville's biggest game. Said in the last pod, this is Louisville's biggest game since Teddy Bridgewater, which I ignored the fact that Lamar Jackson was <laughs> was on Louisville. Uh, I got to just blight that on my mind. I was thinking about that over the weekend. I'm like, shit, I shouldn't have said that. But either way, it was a huge game for Louisville that they haven't seen in about five years. So um, the, the environment was crazy, and Sam Hartman played his worst game as a as a fighting Irishman. Yeah, it was bad, sure. man. It was um, it was hard to watch every time Notre Dame had the ball. Um, I did watch that entire game. But it's just couldn't run the ball. No, they couldn't, man. And he Hartman yards rushing. Yeah, dude, they look bad. And I mean, the the first pick Hartman had um, in the first quarter, I think it was the first drive of the game. Um, the DB made a really nice play on the ball, um, kind of broke off coverage and, and picked it. But um, after that, they just he looked just he didn't look comfortable. He couldn't. I don't. Yeah, he just did not look good. And I mean, gotta give credit to Louisville, man. I mean, they fucking bullied him 185 yards on the ground. Uh, Jawar uh, Jordan, the um, um, what's his name? The running back for Louisville, 21 carries, 143 yards, two touchdowns. They just – they bullied him, man. They, they really did – it was a complete domination of this game from start to finish. And um, the atmosphere there was, was electric. So that was a really fun game to watch. I wish yeah. – And, I, and uh, I know we want to move on to NFL, but I think we were remiss to not mention the uh, Miami-Georgia Tech finish. Yeah. Um, yeah, which, yeah. Again, I was at a party, so I I missed it, but I kind of was following along, and that's gotta be that's gotta be like a top three like improbable loss 
history of college football. It was the I, it was the most. Uh, I, I was more shocked. I can't remember a time I was more shocked than when I saw that. Like, it just you take a knee, you win the game. Game's over. I mean, there's no timeouts and there's fucking twenty seconds left. Take a knee, game's over. And they ran the ball, but yet he he did that. Um, Crystal Ball did that when he was in Oregon. I saw that. <laughs> like he's like I just he's addicted to not taking knees, or he's addicted to the ball when he shouldn't. I, I mean, I uh, USC you, did it. How does that happen, dude? I have no idea. I, it, I, it made no sense. USC did it um, okay. in regulation where yeah. they. We need to look. Up, we need to look into. He needs to be investigated criminally <laughs> because I don't know if it's a player prop, rushing total over, team rushing over. He need someone needs to take a look into that because that is sketchy. All right, you have no reason. Maybe he had the quarterback. Maybe he had maybe he had uh, Miami's quarterback. Uh, uh, what the fuck's his name? Van Dyke. Yeah, Van Dyke. Maybe he had his over rushing yards. Didn't want to take a knee and lose the yard. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like that—that that is something where we gotta look into that. Yeah, that was just—that was the one of the biggest mind fucks I, I can remember in a long time. It just. Did you see the the, the player on the? Who, I don't know who it was. The lineman. He's like, sideline. "What the fuck are we yeah. doing?" He says, "What are we doing?" <laughs> and then they cut to like press the ball. And he's just like staring out there, like a fucking. I don't know, like he's just looking at a chicken being <laughs> slaughtered on the field or something. And, like, and then the, that was in the interview afterwards. Oh. He was like, "Yeah, we probably should have taken a knee." <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh man, that it was wild, man. Yeah, shout out to uh, our boy Ernie, who is a uh, Miami Hurricanes fan and was ready to ready to end it all Saturday <laughs> night. It made no that's, fucking that's sense, tough, man. The Browns lost a game like it's, it wasn't that bad, but against the Jets last year, where they were up in points with like a minute and a half to go, and they just scored a touchdown, and somehow they blew a two touchdown lead to Joe Flacco, um, which was like the most improbable loss that I've ever seen for my team. But I can't imagine just you take a knee, the game's over, and yeah, it's just... you run the ball. And the craziest thing is, he was down. He was, yeah. It's he was fumbled. down. I don't know if you saw that. Like the running back was down, and they still were like, "Eh." Yeah, the fumble should fumble should have never happened. But the point is, you should have fucking taken the knee and never been in that spot in the first place. But uh, let's move to the NFL, bro. Before we get into these recaps, let's do you the uh, your second edition of your power rankings, shall we? Um, last week we had. Or Trent had Bills, Niners, Chiefs, Dolphins, Eagles. In that order, his top five of his first official power rankings. Uh, four of those five teams won. One of them by dominant fashion. Um, your number one team lost, Trent. Buffalo Bills, 3-1. and one, Went to London. London Jaguars and lost. What are your power rankings looking like right now? Yeah, and you were clowning me because I I had the Bills won, but I I was on the Jags in London. I told you I like that spot for the Jags, um, but I do have a new number one, and it's by no surprise. And maybe they should have been number one last week. I was catching some heat. I do have the San Francisco Forty ers 
for no, number one um, in, in this establishment, or in this installment, I'm sorry, of uh, my power rankings. I just have good players at every level. Players at every level crazy that you can whiff on the Trey Lance trade, trade three first-round picks or whatever, and not miss a beat. They're incredible. Um, they're probably going to be at one for a while. I have the Chiefs at number two uh, after scraping by Minnesota. Um, again, I have questions about their, their skill positions on offense, but I'm going to trust the foundation. The Dolphins up to three, um, and I think their offense is, is elite, and McDaniel's elite, and... You know, once Jalen Ramsey comes back, I think that that team is going to be more complete. I dropped the Bills down to four, um, not because of the loss. I would have had them at two, despite the loss. It's more so injuries that they've sustained recently. Obviously, Tredavious White was two weeks ago, um, but they lost Matt Milano, um, their best defender, maybe one of the best linebackers outside of Fred Warner in the league, and... Daquan Jones on the defensive line. They're both out uh, for indefinitely, so um, you know could be the season. It's kind of what happened last year with the team where they kind of got decimated in the uh, on the defense, and it really showed up in the playoffs and at the end of the year. So not good for the Bills, but Josh Allen is still incredible. Eagles still at five. Um, so same five teams, slightly different order for you. So 49ers one, Chiefs two. Dolphins three, Bills four, and Eagles five. Thirty-four nothing didn't didn't do anything for you in Foxborough. I did clown you for your Saints take, uh, and I did I did say I had him at six. Obviously, I didn't have him at six, but um, yeah, we'll touch on that game. I I think that says more about the Patriots, sadly. Yeah. Than your Saints. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Let's start in London. Um, it's going to be an abbreviated version of these uh, recaps. Um. We'll start in London though. Jacksonville twenty, Buffalo or I'm sorry, Jacksonville twenty five, Buffalo twenty. Um, Trevor Lawrence eight of nine on third down, eighty nine yards and a touchdown. Etn scored two touchdowns today, which was more than he had in the first four games of the season. Um, Trevor Lawrence, this offense for Jacksonville looked really really good. Looked kind of what everybody expected him to look like, and you could tell the Bills were jet lagged. I think they came in on Thursday. Or no, they came in on Friday and expected to be good in two days, and they just they just looked out of sync. They looked really bad, actually. Yeah, I, if I'm coming in, if I'm flying to Europe, I'm I'm coming in at least like three. I'm giving myself at least three or four days. To they should have flew in on stuff. Monday. Like, let's be honest. Like they. Yeah, I don't know what the logic was there, um, but yeah, really quick recap of this game: the Trevor Lawrence was incredible. Great throws. I thought Josh Allen was really good as well. I thought the Bills called a weird game where they kind of run the ball on first and second down. They really started moving the ball when they just let Josh Allen do Josh Allen things. But um, did this game, did this hit the Lunder? What was the total on this game? It did. The, the Lunder hit 2 0 now on the season. What are, what are we doing, fellas? What are we doing? Got another one next week. Um, I forget who it is, but there is another London game on Sunday. More Tennessee. We're definitely taking the lunder there. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was fun though. That was a good game to wake up to and watch at nine o'clock. It was a really good football game. One thing to take away from that game 
don't know if you guys have seen it, but like there's not the best of chemistry going on between Diggs and, and Emily. I really think this offseason there might be some moves that, that are gonna be made just because every single game it seems like there's always some some someone's thrown an iPad or someone's thrown a hissy fit at someone else and it's just it's not a good look for a really good football team. It'll be fine though. It'll be just fine. Houston going to Atlanta, uh, kicking game-winning field goal. Young Waiku, as time expires, puts it up through the uprights, twenty-nine or twenty-one nineteen. Uh, Desmond Ritter, still undefeated at home, moves on, moves to thirty-one and zero in college and the pros at home. Dude just doesn't lose. Uh, first three hundred game, the first three hundred yard game of his career. He looked really good, actually, three hundred and twenty-nine yards, including a rushing touchdown. Um, Bijan did not look good. Only 46 yards on the ground. Probably had the sickest touchdown. Did you guys see the the like the above camera view that the Falcons had, dude? That is so sexy. Yeah, that, his footwork nasty. Bro, he literally juked like mid cat. Like he didn't even have the ball yet, and he pretty much juked the guy out. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was on text. Nice. We were on Texans there. Uh, good cover for me, not so much for Trent. But C.J. Stroud, 20 of 35, 249 yards, and a touchdown. Um, what looked like sh- would have been the game-winning touchdown late in the fourth quarter. Um, C.J. Stroud, fucking dog. 186 yard or 186 attempts now without an, an interception. Most in NFL history to start a career. He, yeah, I mean, we say it every week, so I don't want to get into it any more than we already do. But he's fucking elite. He's going to be elite quarterback in this league. Once again, once again, his defense lets him down, and uh, he's been Superdome the second time in uh, good time this year. So uh, at least his kicker didn't let him down like the time prior. But um, yeah, he's a dog. He's got that dog in him. Yeah, my boy Desmond Ritter had a game too. He finally threw for over three hundred yards and yeah. let his team down to a game-winning touchdown. Yeah, I feel like you guys owe him a owe Desmond a, an apology. You guys are digging his grave. I won't. I'm not going to apologize to him. He didn't do it against the Baltimore defense or anything. Yeah, he finally. It's amazing what happens when you throw the ball to guys that can actually catch the football, aka Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Yeah, Kyle Pitts breakout game. Yeah, no shit, right? What, three years running. Listen to this stat, right? Uh, this is Panthers, Panther, Panthers, Lions, actually, right? Lions double up the Panthers, or almost double them up, 42-24. Uh, not much to take away from this game other than the Lions are for real. But uh, speaking of Kyle Pitts, Sam Laporta, rookie tight end for the Lions out of Iowa, uh, two touchdowns on the day, ha- now has as many touchdowns this year as Kyle Pitts does in his career. Four. So, put that into perspective, however you please. But uh, David Montgomery, back-to-back 100-yard games, scored a touchdown, now has six touchdowns on the year. Um, I had a future on him, 10-plus touchdowns. Got it about plus 400. Um, Six touchdowns this year, second in the NFL, only behind McCaffrey and Raheem Mostert from the Dolphins. A couple other takeaways from or stats from this game. Lions now have 14 straight games of 20 plus points, longest streak in, of longest active streak in the NFL. And the Panthers 0-5 for the first time since 2010. They ended up drafting Cam Newton following that season. So 
Bryce Young bust? Question mark. Did the Panthers fumbled the bag? Like, whatever you think about Bryce Young, I still like Bryce Young. I think his chance to be good, but like, to give up your first round pick and DJ Moore. Like your first round pick, they're gonna ha- they're gonna have the number one pick. I-, I think the Panthers are by far the worst team in the NFL, and I'm telling you right now, they already they the uh, already bet the line next week. I saw Miami was giving less than two touchdowns at home, all over Miami. They they should that they I don't see Carolina's one stop in that football game. Um, so that's gonna be one of my bets. I'm telling you right now, fellas. But yeah, I mean, I the fact that they don't have a first round pick this year. It might go like two and fourteen or two and fifteen, whatever. Pressing like they are probably the bleakest, probably the bleakest outlook any NFL team at this point. Maybe the Patriots. Patriots have their first round pick. So the only thing going for the Panthers, and I don't know how he's still going, is Adam Thielen. And um, <laughs> he's I mean, a he stud, had, dude. He had a, he had a little record day for him. Uh, matched the season high with eleven catches. Um, 107 yards and a touchdown. So, but Bryce Young, yeah, going back to that, he he makes plays that he would easily get away with at the college level. It's just not going to slide in the NFL. Like I saw a little breakdown of a couple interceptions that he has, where he's just trying to fit it into these windows where corners kind of sagging back or staying up while the while the safety's kind of sagging back, and he's trying to fit it in these windows that just aren't there in the NFL. The closing speed of these guys is are, are unreal, but. I mean, they had two turnovers in the first half on consecutive snaps that led to the two touchdowns, and they went down really early, which there's no coming back if you get down early to Detroit. But um, I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to sell out on Bryce Young yet just because it's only been a, a very small sample size. But, I mean, thus far it's been, it's been pretty fucking bad. I mean, they brought in Andy Dalton for one play to do something good, and he actually did it. He got QB snuck in for a yard. Yeah. Yeah, they just, they're bad, man. I mean, I think – I'm. St- I'm not giving up on Bryce Young yet. I think he'll still be okay, but yeah, he looks looks really, really bad through five games. Yeah, I was on Thielen. So, I was I was on Thielen yards though, Gage. So he looks so little and so much less elusive than he did in college, which yeah. makes sense if you're like playing in the NFL. But like, CJ Stroud looks more elusive than he did in college. So I don't really understand how that works. Um, so. Yeah, like I said, I, I like Bryce Young. I think he has a chance to be good still, but there's a pretty, pretty hard ceiling on his potential. Another rookie quarterback. Uh, knocked out for the third game already this year. Anthony Richardson and the Colts get it done at home, 23-16 to against the Titans. Gardner Minshew comes in, uh, wins that game for the Colts. Fun fact about Gardner Minshew. Um, he is the second player since 1950 with a 75% completion percentage and at least 150 yards with multiple wins off the bench in one season. Uh, Steve Young did it in the the Niners back in 1989, but Gardner Minshew is the best backup quarterback probably outside of Jameis Winston in the NFL. He, He could start for many teams right now, in my opinion. But this guy just knows how to win. He, he's a competitor. He's tough. Zach Moss, career day on the ground, 165 yards, two touchdowns. Like, I was going to mention that. Yeah. Um, Coach, Jonathan good, Taylor man. back. Ooh. 
Yeah, Jonathan Taylor back. Who who really cares? I saw a bunch of memes on Twitter about <laughs> Zach Moss not really, not really giving a shit. Like he's back. Okay, let's have a career day. Let's show him that I'm I'm the guy there. Um, but yeah, Richardson. Like I think they're calling it a, a, a grade one AC sprain. Not sure if he is going to return next week or the week after that. But I mean, he's a big dude too. Six four. I want to say like 220, 230 pounds, but he's, I think he's another one of these, these young guys that thinks that he can get away with things that he did in college in the NFL. And he doesn't slide. He takes hit after hit after hit, regardless of the situation. Um, and like you said, Austin, he's been injured multiple times now in su- such a short span. Um, and he would think he'll learn his lesson, but I mean, Gardner Minshew has proven that he can win games in Philly and as a backup, I mean, he's just as good as, as a starter. So, you hit it right, right on the head. Um, yeah, Colts. I won't call them good, but I mean, they're. I feel like they're really over exceeding everyone's expectations thus far. They're a spunky team. I'll label them as spunky. Yeah. They are. They they fly under the radar while they're winning games against good competitors. You know what I mean? Yeah, game. Yeah, Shane. Game like that. Shane sorry. Go ahead, Trevor. My bad. I was just gonna say Shane Steichen can coach. Yes, he can. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's all, that's all I got. Man. No, I mean, I mean, you're it's right. Like, Anthony, Anthony Richardson is like 250 pounds, I think. He's a big boy. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Shade Steichen's one of the best minds in the NFL, but that future, man, I put, I threw on in Indy to win the AFC South. A win like that makes me feel really fucking good. Not gonna lie. I know the Jags are still out there, but uh, respect Gardner Minshew. Yeah, yeah. My Saints. Uh, Trent, you and I just kind of joked about it a couple minutes ago get it done in foxborough 34 nothing thump the patriots um could have been probably 50 to nothing i'm not even exaggerating there's a few drives that stalled out for the saints that resulted in field goals but mac jones is he's just he's not it dude um last two weeks 260 total passing yards four interceptions one fumble and zero touchdowns. Uh, Patriots haven't scored a point in nine quarters. And they just, there's so many, like, there's so many numbers I can run through, bro. Like, this is the worst loss in Bill Belichick's career. Uh, his worst two losses of his career have come in the last two weeks. And the worst six losses of his career have come with Mac Jones as his quarterback. They just, I mean, he he's not it. I mean, it, it's time to tag right now. There was a uh, there was a picture of him at McDonald's yesterday after the game. <laughs> in his suit. People were, yeah, people were saying he's, he was looking for the wrong Mac, or he's trying to find a new Mac <laughs> to upgrade his Mac. That's so funny. Yeah, Saints look so bad. Saints looked really, really good. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah, nobody loves shitting on Mac Jones more than he believe it, but uh, mm-hmm. so he's also in a horrible situation. Like they have no talent. Their offensive line's bad, um, and he's not good. Like he's not a good quarterback. But I mean, if he if he was surrounded by talent, he could be capable. Um, we saw that his rookie year. Like he could he could make some things work. But when you have someone like that who's so limited on what he can do on his own, like out of structure, and then you surround him with the worst supporting cast in the NFL, the result you're gonna get zero points in the last nine quarters. Is that what you said? Yeah. It's not right. I can't be right. 
They scored three last week against the Cowboys. That's eight quarters in two games. How would they be zero? Er, I'm sorry, yeah. five? not nine. I'm sorry, seven. It was four in a row. Then they okay. kicked field goal in the first quarter against the Cowboys. I'm sorry. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, Saints offense looks yeah, solid, man. Tough. I mean, Kamara, 80 yards on the ground, got his first touchdown. Uh, their car didn't look great, but he didn't look bad, which was an improvement for the last couple or from the last couple of weeks. 183 yards, two touchdowns. And I mean, we know how good this defense is. It's kind of in the, in the kind of reminds me of Ohio State in a way, or in a sense that this team relies on their defense more so than their offense. And they showed it. I mean, I know New England's nothing crazy, but shutting a team out at home is is pretty impressive. Yeah, shout out Austin. Shout out Alvin Kamara. Um, recorded seventy third career touchdown. Puts him at the top of the leaderboard in Saints history. Yep, past uh, Marquise Colston. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean this largest road win for the Saints since nineteen eighty seven, and the first time Belichick's ever been uh, shut out. So fun stuff for the for the Patriots fans out there. Uh, let's move on to, I don't, I have a couple, uh, nuggets on this game, on this Miami game. I don't want to spend too much time on it because the Giants are just fucking abysmal and everybody kind of knows how good the Dolphins are, but uh, a couple fun stats I saw, um, Dolphins had the two fastest runs on NFL this year or in the NFL this year. And they both happened in this game. Devon A. Chain on his long run, 21 miles an hour. And then Tyreek on his long catch, 22.01 miles an hour. They have the seven fastest runs in the NFL this year, all from the Dolphins. Crazy, right? A-Chain, Tyreek, and Mostert combined for those seven. Um, And a couple things on A-Chain. Seven touchdowns in four games, three straight 100-yard games. And he has the second most rushing yards in the NFL right now behind McCaffrey. Like this... This team, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say I called it because a lot of people were all, were talking about this kid coming out of uh, A&M, but, like, it, it, they just reload. And they have the most yards through five games in NFL history. And they just don't give a fuck because they're they're out there taking care of business. Yeah, I think, well, I think people get scared of these big spreads. But when you're going up against a team like the Giants or, like, the Panthers next week that Miami has, like, I mean, these big spreads seem like a lot in the NFL, but... Two touchdowns for a, two totally opposite teams isn't that much. But, yeah, quick little fun fact, Austin. I didn't know that they had microchips in the shoulder pads that track how fast these players are going. I didn't know that. Did you guys know that? I did, yes, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> not trying to be an ass. I just <laughs> I, I heard about that before the season started. I thought, I thought it was in the helmet, so... I thought there was just someone in the end zone, like, radar. <laughs> that, that'd be an awesome yeah, fucking job. Control. You're the gun guy at the game. You just fucking hold the radar gun the entire time. <laughs> you know how fast you were going? Dolphins are but, good. Uh, Dolphins are good. Giants are bad. What round What round is A-Chain? When was he drafted? Pretty sure it was fourth round. I'll have to double, let me uh, double check that. Guess what his yards per attempt is this year? A chain was a this third round pick. Uh, what is it, Trent? Uh, I need you to guess because I had it pulled up and now I don't know where it went. So. Uh, yards per attempt, I'm going to say 10.4. Age? I'm going to say 12. 
Say it again. What? 12.1 yards per attempt. That's crazy. Hey, that was right on. That's crazy. Yeah, he's crazy, man. Yeah, and Tyreek is, I know that's your boy, Trent. Uh, 19, 19 touchdowns now in his career of 60-plus yards, fifth most in NFL history. And since the start of last season, has four 175-yard games, the most in, most in the NFL. Yeah. Dude's, I'll do it again next week. Gage, you're under. Baltimore in Pittsburgh. 17-10 uh, to 10 final score. Baltimore... I could talk about this game for a fucking hour because I was on them to hit a huge parlay, just money line. Um, Pittsburgh gifted them this football game, like or at least they tried to. Uh, Pittsburgh blocked the punt for a safety, and they ended up scoring. But um, I think, hold on, I think Baltimore gave Pittsburgh this game. Um, yes, receiver that might have been one of the worst receiving performances out of a, out of a core that I've ever seen. Um, five drops. Well, and it, 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 it seems way more than that because these drops were huge, like touchdown, like three or four touchdown drops. Um, and Lamar just dropping the ball and right in the bucket for these receivers to, to walk into the end zone, and they're just dropping them. Um, you feel bad for Lamar. He's trying to do everything he can, um, almost 300 total yards of offense. But, I mean, that was just a, a brutal game. I feel like that game was stuck on – on ten to three for the longest time up there up until the fourth quarter. Um, so yeah, the, the under was pretty easy. Um, we mentioned it last, but this number hasn't gone above forty in the last five matchups between these two teams. So that, definitely a, an AFC North matchup to a T. Um, but I mean, gosh, you gotta feel bad for Lamar. But that, that Pittsburgh defense is fucking nasty too. Yeah, it's just it was tough to watch, man. Like, I mean, the the the. What's it called? The Steelers uh, muffed the punt. Or not muffed it. They fumbled the punt. Lamar got it inside the 10. And they first play, they gained four or five yards on a run up the middle. And then they threw it twice, which fucking blew my mind. I mean, you score, you run it one more time, you, and you score, and you win that football game. Um, and why are they not using Gus Edwards down there, dude? That's I don't what, get it. That's what I'm talking about. Like, they I just, don't get it either, man. They threw the ball twice. And they don't give him the rock. Bro, they, they don't give him the ball. Inside the five, and they threw it twice, and it got intercepted on a fucking horrible throw by Lamar. But like, they're the best running team outside of Philly in the league. Like, run yeah. the fucking football. The Steelers, the Steelers suck, <laughs> suck ass, and they're in first place in the AFC North. Yeah, it AFC. blows my mind every year. Whatever Tomlin, like whatever his deal with the devil is, where he can't go under five hundred. That offense is it's absolutely horrible. Every week, week in and week out, and somehow they're three and two. It blows my fucking mind. I think on the preview pod that I that was my AFC North winner. Pittsburgh was. It was. I'm on I have a pretty big ticket on Baltimore, but they'll be fine. Uh I think this division is either Baltimore or Cleveland, I guess. But Cleveland, yeah, okay. Um afternoon slate. Stay in the AFC North. The Bengals get a much, much needed win, thirty-four to twenty, in Arizona. Um, shout out, shout out, Tyler Bick, cashed out, had a career day today. Bet Jamar Chase about every way you could. Um, set at Bengals record: fifteen catches, hundred and ninety plus yards, three touchdowns. 
Burrow looked good. Burrow was moving around. 36 or 46, 317 and three tuds. Um, they get sacked three times. But much needed, much, much, much needed victory for the Bengals here. I think I think the takeaway from this game is the the positives if you're a Bengals fan is Burrow does look healthy again. Or he's able to like his his balls have a little more zip on it. He couldn't move. He scrambled a couple of times, so he kind of looked like Joe Burrow. The bad news is um, Cardinals, and they have like zero pass rush, and they still had three sacks. So I don't think this is going to fly against a real defense. All the Bengals' problems are fixed because they beat the Cardinals. No, not at um, all. And this game is closer than the score would indicate. I mean, Josh Dobbs. He was due for regression. I read on the last on last pod, the last uh, pod we had that like nine interceptable passes and zero interceptions, and uh, he really has regression to the mean this past week. So, um, I'm not. It's encouraging if you're a Bengals fan, but you know, I think Bengals are back per se. No, if they can beat um, Seattle this weekend, I know it's at home. Um, I'll be at that game. But if they can beat Seattle this weekend and take care of that passing attack, then I will say they're almost back. But I agree, they're not They're not fully back yet. Although they did have that, what was it, the first play, second half or something like that, that 65-yard touchdown to Jamar was fucking sexy. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. Yeah, that was a beautiful 63 yards. Yeah, but... I mean, I agree with everything you guys said. And, Austin, if they do happen to beat Seattle next week, um, they really, really better use their bye week to try to prepare for the 49ers because that might be an absolute bloodbath. That might get everyone uh, – I think they're just getting everyone hopes up right now, and then they go into San Fran in three weeks. Uh, yeah, so that's going to be an absolute slaughter. Yeah, not being able to pass block against um, Carolina, I mean – or Carolina, Arizona, three sacks. I mean, they they haven't been able to pass block all year, but they, yeah, you're right. They they better get together because San Francisco could get ten plus sacks on them easily. But um, stay in the four o'clock window. Philly Rams. Philly goes into L.A. wins twenty three to fourteen. Uh, Cooper Cup first game back. It's I think he had six catches on the first drive. After that, didn't really look special at all. Um, AJ Brown, 125 yards. Now top five and 100 yard games since 2019. He is one of the best receivers in the league. This Eagles team is one of, probably the second best team in the NFC, top five in the NFL, easily in my opinion. And the tush push, man, Trent. You talked about it when we we're uh, going over your bets early on. How much you're not a fan of it, but I love it. Like I just, I don't know what it is. I just, I really really love it. You love seeing men shove other men ass. It works. Fucking like stop it. <laughs> I'm just yeah, I don't have much on this game. I mean, I was on the Rams. I already kind of went over it. Um, good to see Cooper Cup back out there and running around though. Yeah, Eagles five and zero for the second straight season. First time they've done that in franchise history. Uh, let's move to the Mile House City. The Jets go into Denver. Get it done. 31-21. to 21. Nathaniel Hackett gets his revenge. 
Uh, if you don't know, Sean Payton called him or said he had one of the worst coaching jobs he's ever seen uh, when Hackett was the head coach in Denver. Uh, gets a nice little sweet revenge. Brees Hall goes for 177 yards, including, I think it was a 75-yarder coming out of halftime. Absolute burst for him. Uh, Jets looked really good. Offensively, they looked really, 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 really good. Yeah, where are you at with your boy Sean Payton these days? I mean, I just, he's I, kind of, it's Russ, dude. It's Russ. Like, so you're still a big supporter of him? I am. I'm a big Sean Payton guy. It's Russ. Russ needs, like, I, I don't even want to say he needs to go because it's like, what? I don't know, bro. I don't know. This Den- I, I hate this Denver team. I really do. And they're 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 super confusing because they play so good in the in the first half of football games, and they just forget how to play football coming out like or coming out of the halftime. Like I just like I just don't get it. Like they, they they've lost ten games in a row that they've been up at halftime. Like that's the longest streak in NFL history. Wait, what? They've lost ten what? games in a row where they were leading at halftime. That's an incredible stat. Including this past weekend, they were up thirteen to eight on the Jets. Like, that's insane. Ten games in a row while up at half, and like I get it's not not all on Russ. Like I'm, I don't think he's anything crazy anymore. But like, I don't know, man. I just maybe it is Sean Payton, and I'm just extremely biased. But they're they're in shambles well, I, right I was, now. I was a Sean Payton guy, but he's kind of he's kind of like been like a dick the last months you know and it's kind of nice to see him get humbled so um but i mean i don't think this like zach wilson still looked like shit so it's not like it's not like i'm now oh, this game was ugly i don't have much to say on it yeah it was, zach wilson played a good football game zach wilson played well i mean i thought at least you i thought didn't... he played well today what game did you yeah. watch I thought he played. I thought he played good enough to win a football game. Yeah, I mean, nineteen of twenty six, hundred ninety nine yards. I mean, yeah, he had a pick, but like he didn't. I don't know, like he didn't do anything. He should be. He should thank. He should be thanking their defense and all for this win. Well, yeah, I'm absolutely. Not, I'm, not, I'm not saying he was the reason they won, but he's also usually he's the reason why they lose, and he did <laughs> he did the opposite of that uh, yesterday. So it was a. Uh, it was a the bar is so low. It, no, know, it, I got. You. It really is. No, it is a bar. <laughs> like you, you, you aim him low to, to shoot a little bit higher with him. So he didn't do what he usually does, which is lose games. He did. He did just enough to keep him in the game where their defense kind of won it there at the end with that, with that uh, strip sack touchdown that to kind of seal it on on Russ. So that was an ugly game too. But I'm, I'm I was happy with it. I was on the Jets money line for parlay. The Kansas City Chiefs. Reigning Super Bowl champions go into Minnesota. One of the more fun games of the day, honestly. Get it done, 27-20. to A few nuggets, all right? Last year, uh, Minnesota went 11-0 in one-score games. They are now 1-4 in one-score games this year. Um, They now join the 1944 Detroit Tigers, believe it or not, as the only two teams in NFL history to lose their first four games or lose the lose their first four of five games by one score or less. Um, yeah, they just their defense is fucking abysmal. I just 
great great teaser team though with that stat. Yeah, that's keep, true. They keep themselves in the ball games, and that's how they were last year too. I feel like they were. You were really high on them last year, Austin, but it was always just a, a, a bounce of the football, like a game of inches where everything went their way. Um, and it's kind of the complete opposite, like you just said, this year. But, yeah, I mean, poor poor Jefferson. He, he got hurt late in the game. You saw their um, fourth quarter with the towel on his head, and he just looked absolutely uh, distraught with the way the game was going and stuff. So Looks like he could be out for like a couple weeks, me. too. Yeah, and same with Travis Kelsey, but I think they're just calling that an ankle sprain. It looked... I don't know if you guys are watching it live, but they had it on yeah. red zone that specific play, and it looked like he might have tore his Achilles or something bad because of such a a very split second non contact kind of thing. So glad to see that he came back out. Not sure what the hell they gave him back in the locker room, but it was probably something that was illegal in forty nine of the fifty states. But um, yeah, Kelsey. Yeah. It was a fun game. Kelsey got a touchdown too. Uh, uh, Chiefs are now nine and one in the last ten games where Kelsey goes for fifty plus yards. And wow. Kelsey's gone over fifty plus yards in forty nine career games as a chief. They are forty and nine in those games. I think the refs also played a huge part in that game. There at the end, if you guys Yeah, what were your thoughts so, on that? They called it a DPI and then they picked it up and then the cornerback instantly ripped his helmet off and was like arguing with the ref and you could like see the ref tell him to put his helmet back on. Um that should have been a penalty as soon as he does that. And Wild. that's I, I won't be I'm not surprised like I wouldn't be shocked if that ref got go like you can't do you can't that's like cheating you can't tell him the helmet back on so he doesn't get the flag like you're the ref yeah Your job you have to call the flag if the helmet's off especially in a in a situation like that that was like a third and long kind of situation down there was, very late in the game it was fourth down or game was it fourth down yeah so yeah, yeah. it was fourth down and what I – we were talking about it in, in a little bit last night in our group chat, Trent. Um, so he took his helmet off after like, after they picked up the flag, right? And, yes, he should have been flagged for taking his helmet off regardless. But it, it, it was technically Minnesota, or, uh, Kansas City ball at that point, right? Or am I tripping? Because, like – No, it yeah, was – you're right. It wasn't. It wasn't after they called the the like no DPI. It, it was during like the little conference that the refs were having to decide. Um, Are you sure? So I think it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was an obvious like. I was off to go talk to the refs about no. I didn't touch them. I didn't touch them. Okay, because I I thought I after the play. So th- this is what it was. So yeah. like, they called the DPI. Then he rips his helmet off, and then they pick up the DPI. So because they pick up the DPI, technically he didn't rip his helmet off until after the fourth down play. Right. So So if anything, it should have been right. fifteen Austin. yards on the Chiefs going back on offense. It would have been the Chiefs still would have had maintained the ball, but that's kind of that's kind of beside the point. The point is you can't as a ref No, I agree. You can't you can't be like, hey, you- don't hold. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you have to call the penalty. You can't tell them, hey, let let go of his arm so he can get through. Like, don't <laughs> hold him there. Yeah. All right, good. You you, almost, you got away with it. It's like, if you see the penalty, you have to call it. I don't know if maybe that's commonplace where refs, like, give them the benefit of the doubt. And that's more common than we think. I mean, it just sucks for the ref that he got caught in 4K. Ocean reading his lips. 
It was probably um, it was kind of funny though. He was just like, "Put your helmet yeah, but, back on." <laughs> yeah, but I know um, the DPI was. I, I don't know. What do you guys think of the DPI itself? I I, I agree. Kind of split. I agree with picking it up. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I do. It was a pretty soft penalty, so I, I'm glad they picked it up. But um, yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins. I feel bad for Kirk, man, and Jefferson Cage. It's just. Really, I feel bad for this entire Minnesota offense because offensively they're good. They just can't fucking stop anybody. I mean, Kirk's now first in touchdown passes, second in passing yards, and first in completions in the NFL, and they're one and four. Like because they get down so early, that's so what I fast. mean. Like, like they have to throw the ball. Like their defense sucks, and I feel so bad because offensively they're so fun to watch. They they were in the game with the Chiefs offensively the entire game. Yeah, I agree. Last game on the slate. Gage, your Niners, uh, 42-10 to 10 ass whooping of the America's team, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, a couple nuggets, and then I will uh, I'll look, give it to you. To uh, You'll have the floor. Niners have now won 15 straight regular season games, tied for the most in re- uh, franchise history. McCaffrey, now second all-time, uh, touchdown in 15 straight games, or 14 straight games, I'm sorry. And George Kittle. Uh, coming out party, three touchdowns tonight. First nine to do that since 2009, and he had zero touchdowns coming into Sunday Night Football. Gage? Yeah, great coming out party for uh, for George Kittle there. And we all, at least I would have expected to come a few weeks down the road on National Titans Day, but I'm glad he, he kind of got the wheels turning a little earlier. Um, because that offense kind of is, I mean, they said it on the broadcast last night, it's a one-man show, it seems like, every week. Like, either it's McCaffrey going off, Ayuk's um, going off, Debo's going off. Like, one or the other is is always having a big game. So it was nice to see um, Kittle kind of have that spotlight last night. But, yeah, the the Brock Purdy, not so much slander, but block, Brock Purdy not being that guy. Like, I've heard arguments about him just not being there yet. Um, I mean... Come on, guys. He's a uh, last pick of the draft, threw for 250 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions against the number one defense in football. Um, yeah, I, I can't I can't say enough about what he's doing. I know it's so easy to get thrown into a system like this with the talent that he has. Um, but, man, what a fucking game. I mean, that was a an awesome game. And live update, Austin Riley just hit a two-run homer in the bottom of the eighth to go up by one against um, – Philadelphia. Fucking so. October ball, dude. We're, we'll get into the playoff baseball probably next week, but holy fuck, I love playoff baseball. Yeah, that just made me hard. I need um, I need Green Bay money line and Dodgers to bounce back tonight, big time. But yeah, any any of you guys want else or want to say anything else about um, San Fran? Fran, I know you're gonna have a really, 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 really tough week. Um, because you gotta face us coming up Sunday. So how you feel about that? Uh yeah, you know like the meme of the of the like kid on the back of the bus where he's like chuckles and it says, I'm in danger. <laughs> that's, how I kinda, that's how I kinda feel right now. Um I mean I the forty nines are just like they just have it's everywhere and it's it's honestly I mean I already said it talked about them, but they're just just a just like an unstoppable force at this point. Yeah, they're a fucking wagon, dude. Best team in football by far. And it's just man, Shanahan's the best coach, in my opinion. I mean, right now. Guys, like, hold on, real, real quick. 
Have you guys looked at like their schedule and it's cake? I, are they gonna go seventeen and zero? Like who are they losing to um, going forward? At Philly is gonna be their toughest game. Um, obviously, they have the Ravens, but that's at home. I don't know. I, I if I had to pick out a couple, it'd probably be those two. But I mean, Cardinals, Cowboys again, Browns, Vikings, Bengals, Jags, Bucks, Seahawks, Cardinals again, like. This, they could potentially go undefeated. And Trent, I know you have a, an outstanding bet on Philly to be the last undefeated team, right? Yes, sir. Um, who does, who's Philly got coming up? Let me see. I don't... They I have a tough game coming up. So they play... They go to New York, and then they play the Dolphins. Um, they're in Kansas City um, November 20th, so that might be a loss there. And then versus the Bills as well, and then the Niners. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember. That's a little stretch that we talked about um, during the preview pod, and that's why I took their under and losses. Because I can see them I can see them dropping quite a few in that little stretch, but that would be fun. December, yeah, he... December 3rd, um, San Fran goes into Philly, so that's going to be a fucking blast to watch that. Yeah, I mean, next weekend we get the Sunday Night Football, or not – Two weekends from now, so not this upcoming weekend, but the weekend after that, uh, Miami at Philly, which is going to be a great game. A lot of lot of points in that game. Say that right now. That total will probably be around fifty three. Um, I don't know. I, I need I need my Browns to step up and and cash me on the Eagles. So we'll see. Yeah, Browns being less than a touchdown dogs in that game doesn't really make much sense to me. But yeah, Niners are a wagon. Uh, they're my pick. Come out of the NFC. I have them and them and the Ravens in the Super Bowl. But they they proved tonight. Like, and also we didn't even talk about the Cowboys. Like, really quickly. Like, Dak ain't it. Like, <laughs> I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt for for a, however long, but I don't know if if he's that guy. I just I don't think he is. Here's the thing about Dak. Like, yeah, he's not. He's not top tier quarterback but it's he's like um this is my this is why i was all over the cowboys under before the season and stuff it's like you can't just have mike mccarthy be your offensive coordinator in 23 like that's just not gonna work when you have like shanahan and mcdaniel these fucking new wave of of creative you know using motion stretching the field vertically stuff and then you you can't have mike mccarthy roll out there and just have a bland offense so i knew this offense would struggle and i told you last week the defense is overrated so i'm still alive on my cowboys under play before the season which everyone laughed at after a couple games so yeah i don't know the cowboys are another team not at the giants level they're also like fairly boring to watch no they are but it doesn't help when they don't have a run game, and we talked about it, at least I have mentioned it early on before the season started. Losing Zeke is, is a big loss that people are kind of just going to let fly by um, because Tony Pollard just hasn't been it this year. Um, I know he's been doing it all by himself, and Deuce Vaughn will get in here and there and whatever, but like when you can't establish the run, especially last night, like you're not, you're not going to win football games, and Dak's going to be – he's going to have the weight of the world on his shoulders because they don't have to throw the ball every single play. And it's just it's just not a recipe for success. But I totally agree with your Mike McCarthy take and how that's just 
there's just such a new wave of football that he just doesn't fit right now, and it's just it's just a disaster. Yeah, fun week of football, guys. Um, we'll have some fun things coming on Thursday. We're in, we got a, a kind of a new layout, new structure of the pod um, in the works. I think we're pretty close on to solidifying that and getting some new things uh, incorporated into what we do every week. But starting Thursday, we're going to have some new fun things, new segments, um, a lot of more, a lot more than just previews and recaps for you guys. So stay tuned for that. I promise Thursday we will have something for that. But catch us on Twitter, take four take underscore. Everything we put out is on there. Podcast picks, standings, updates. Um, we're getting better. We're getting better at tweeting. So follow us on there. Check us out. Let us know what you think. And until next time, 